Hey, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Thanks for tuning in and pressing the buttons which have led you to this audio recording. <laughs> yeah, this is the Venice Voice Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, my guest is Haley Mayo. Haley is a former professional bodybuilder and currently a mindfulness and wellness coach and personal trainer at Gold's Gym here in Venice. We talk about a lot of things, including diet, exercise, mindfulness, meditation, of course. But she also shares some of her struggles as a younger person with body image issues and eating problems, things like that. She also shares a story about uh, an experience she had when she first moved here to Venice when one of her roommates, who just happened to be an octogenarian, tried to hook up with her. But before we begin, I'd just like to remind you that this podcast is for you, so I would love to hear any opinions or any suggestions at all about what you would like to hear or what you want to talk about. Any critiques that you have, any products that you want to pitch, anything at all, shoot me an email at ron at venicevoice.com. And now, without further ado, here's Haley Mayo. Check, check. Hi. Hello, hello. Hallie, Haley, Hallie, Haley. Haley, Haley, Haley. Haley, Haley. Haley, Haley. <laughs> Haley Mayo. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Are you Hi. there? Hello, Haley. Are you there? Hello. Checking. Hi. Checking, Haley. Mm-hmm. I have a rock. How's it going today? I am doing just fabulously. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Good. Thank you again for coming and talking with me. Thank you for having me here. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So where did you move from originally? I know that you haven't been in Venice for very long, but or even in LA for very long. Where did you come mm-hmm. from? Because we don't really know each other. This is kind of no. cool. This is like we, get to, <laughs> like we get to know each other right now. We're getting to know each other. Exactly. Um, I am originally from upstate New York. I moved here from Buffalo. Uh, almost a year and a half ago. Big, big move all the way across the country. So I kind of went from being in a small town to a huge city with lots of stuff going on, lots of different people. Yeah. Yeah. And you liking it? I am. I'm liking it a lot. It, this is the place to, to learn about yourself and to express yourself. You think? I think so. <laughs> it kind of forces you to, forces you to learn. Really? You know? Well, just making a move anywhere, or do you think Southern California in general? Well, yeah, I've made a couple moves in my life. Uh, from New York to California was the biggest one. I think that any time that you kind of break the the cycle and the routine and get out there in a completely different environment, you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. You have to. Everything's exposed, you know. And you've had kind of some trials and tribulations Trials and tribulations, yeah. Here, a bunch of crazy roommates and things like that. A lot of just tough? a lot of people who uh, you know had alternate alternative uh, intentions and just different agendas than what I was expecting, and you know people can just be very unpredictable. Humans, humans. I'm telling you. <laughs> <Darn. laughs> humans shaking my head. Darn those humans. Yeah. What do you mean? Like you moved in with guys and they were they had expectations or something? That or? was definitely a thing. But mind you, I did not go into it thinking, oh, this person, you know, you know, that I'm just going to lead them on. I'm going to, you know, make them think that I'm actually interested in them. I was very upfront about, listen, the, you know, we're friends. This is a friendship. And they're like, oh, yeah, totally friends. But the second you get in there and then, you know, you kind of start living daily life and Three weeks goes by. Some were these guys that you just met on like Craigslist or well, something? Or on, like... I mean, I 
one of my roommates I met on Craigslist, he was actually 87 years old. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was he one of the ones that was trying to get with you? Yes. <laughs> it ended up, I mean, okay, so. The 87-year-old three, Craigslist roommate tried to get with you. Yes. three to. So women, if you are out there and there's an 87-year-old looking to offer you, you know, free rent or whatever, I, I, it wasn't free for me. But uh, he basically ended up kicking me out because I would not you accept his offer. I see. Yeah. And this was three to four months after I moved in. Wow. Yeah, with my best friend. So it was me and my best friend kind of going to these new places and experiencing these new people. It yeah. must have been quite an eye opener. It was. Yeah. My whole, you know, first six to eight months here were just very challenging. And I feel like I lost myself, but kind of got connected to myself a little bit more at the same time. Yeah. Very, very different in that way. Got well, stronger, for sure. Good. Yeah. And you, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that you just sort of packed up and bolted, that you just kind of came here <laughs> with nothing. I think that um, I'm very connected to my, my intuition. And if my heart is telling me to do something and every sign, you know, the universe is saying, all right, you got to get out. There's nothing left here for you. And that's happened to me several times in my life. I think it's going to continue happening to me, you know, um, never forced. But when I was in Buffalo, uh, I had that feeling and everything kind of just pointed to, you know, you have to, you have to go, whether that be New York city or Los Angeles, where there's more opportunities, you know, you gotta, you gotta make that jump. You gotta make that leap and it's going to pay off. It did. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't like running from something. Like no, I wasn't running. Like, you were just like no. time to go. I wanted to explore. I wanted to see what I could do in life. Yeah. I wanted to see what I was capable of. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't have all the resources and the opportunities in, you know, Buffalo right. or upstate New York. So I had to go somewhere where it was calling. Yeah. I get the impression that you're a pretty dedicated person. I mean, just from what I've seen on your socials. I mean, you are a pretty focused and determined person. I mean, just with your fitness goals alone. Yeah. I, I think that I'm on that extreme end where I'm definitely an exercise addict. <laughs> Let's just get that straight. My name is Haley Mayo and I'm an exercise addict. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there could be worse addictions. However, yeah, I am. I'm very dedicated and, uh, I've always been just goal driven my entire life. I don't know any other way. And I think that, you know, some people are like that and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. There is a downfall to it, though. Like, it's very difficult for me to rest. It's very difficult for me to just, you know, play. It is. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's important, though. Oh, yeah. To integrate so some important. play in your life. Yeah. I heard... I think that uh, I was talking to Brian, one of the other guys on the podcast that I recently interviewed, and they were talking about this acronym. Uh, it's called MEDS. MEDS. Um, meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. And if you can do those four things regularly, like on a daily basis, get enough sleep, have meditation, exercise, and make sure your diet isn't, then you're doing a lot. I mean, yeah. that, that's covering quite a lot of it. And I found that rest is a huge thing. There's many studies recently that have come out talking about the importance of sleep and how yeah. it can have severe detrimental effects on your psyche and your health physically if you don't For get enough sure. rest. Yeah, and then you're going to end up feeling the effects of it down the road, you know, a few decades from now. Yeah, what could happen? 
Yeah, I uh, I've I've met some people who are who experience very intense migraines from really? from not sleeping. Yeah, wow, I consecutively didn't know. for a lot of years, just getting three or four hours of sleep a night because they're workaholics or because they you know wanted to spend their energy elsewhere. But now it's catching up to them. Now their body's like, all right, hold up, you're gonna rest whether you like it or not. Yeah. I think the human body does that. I think that when you're mentally or physically overactive the body will eventually say hey give it a rest and uh my body did that my body definitely tells me that i do a lot of cycling i like Mm. road cycle and mountain bike and i go on like long endurance rides Mm -hmm. and my body absolutely speaks up when it's time you know over the weekend i did two long rides and on that sunday night it was like "Mm, you're not doing anything Uh -uh. time to shut down and then what happens if you don't listen to it yeah that's that's can be a problem yeah it can be a problem did you used to compete in fitness competitions yeah i actually did a, a competition a few weeks ago really yeah after taking two years off really it was so, it for what kind of a competition? It was a bikini competition, mm-hmm. natural organization. Um, I've done bikini and figure competitions in the past when I was more so in the the bodybuilding world, I guess. I work at a bodybuilding gym now, so it kind of, you know, just pointed to, all right. <laughs> but you're <laughs> more like a fitness person now. I think that I saw some posts that you had from way back where yeah. you were more of a, a bodybuilder yes and now you're more of a fitness definitely person. more of of bodybuilding um it's it's interesting to kind of see the transitions of my mind and my body throughout the years and what sort of practices i changed up and and how that affected you know my results and my progress very interesting what in what way what? um just the amount of the amount of focus or the amount of detail that i spend uh picking foods or deciding on what to eat. I used to weigh everything out, everything. I still have a digital scale, um, but it was an obsession before where I could not eat it if I didn't log it into my fitness pal. And I did that for two and a half years straight, every single day. Even when I wasn't, you know, getting ready for a competition, it was still, this is my life. This is my lifestyle. That doesn't sound healthy. (laughs) It was definitely extreme. However... Now, like I look at a food, I can tell you exactly what's in it. Yeah. You know, I can, I can guesstimate like that's about this many carbs, this many proteins, this many fats. It has, you know, these micronutrients in it. So I'm very knowledgeable with food. Right. And what's your diet look like these days? If you're more into more of a a health and fitness overall Mm -hmm. mind, body, spirit. Yes. Type of. uh, Fueling my entire self, not just my muscles. (laughs) Yeah. So what's your diet looking like these days? It's very colorful, actually. Colorful? Yeah. I mean, you like more and more. (laughs) I'm telling you, I love the California vegetables. And just the variety of food here. You cannot get this anywhere else especially on the west side i feel like things are just they are you know you have your trendy options but then you just have like these things that you'll never find anywhere else you know in any small town so i eat a lot of vegetables a lot of fresh vegetables a variety anything colorful um i do eat meat (laughs) when i moved here i tried being vegan but it didn't really work out so i'll eat a lot of uh sushi chicken Mm -hmm. you know but I, I really do. I eat. How come How come the vegan didn't work out? What happened? Um, I think I, I tried doing it when I first got here. So it was kind of messy. 
And it was also after my intense bodybuilding days where I was eating a significant amount of protein, egg whites, chicken, you know, turkey, fish, all that stuff, protein powder. So my body was like, what? You're taking all of that away from me after having years of that? And it did not respond well. I I just kind of gained weight (laughs) in a way that I did not like. I see. So So you had to sort of change up the diet a little bit and make it more well-rounded. Yeah. There's so many factors that go into a healthy diet, not just what you eat and how often, but your mentality associated with it and why you're eating when you do. Many of my friends who are females Mm -hmm. struggle constantly with this question of what do I do? What do I do? What do I do with my diet? What do I yeah. do with my exercise? How do I balance it? What's yeah. the right answer? And there seems to be so many different schools of thought. There are so many answers out there. And it really depends on each individual person. And I think it's kind of a trial and error thing. Would you agree with that? I definitely would say that we are all, we are our own experiment, science experiment. So experiment with foods. See how they make you feel. See how they make you feel mentally. Sometimes I realized that after I ate oatmeal every single morning for several years, I would experience like anxiety or depression afterwards, like immediately afterwards before going to train a client. And um, I don't know what that's associated with, but I cut that out. And I realized that the days where I kind of had something lighter or more like a piece of fruit in the morning, I felt so much better, so much more energized, not like bogged down by my carbohydrates, you know. Um, that's just one one example, though. Doesn't mean it's the same for everyone. That was the case for me. Um, now that I've you know got, I'm a man of a certain age, mm-hmm. I wanted to get rid of this little like man fat thing on the side of my stomach. Is that just for men? <laughs> yeah. Well, it is for me. Let's just put it this way. Maybe women have the little man I feel fat like thing I have on that the- too. <laughs> but I just I just started eliminating things just for fun to see yeah. what would happen. You know, like. I don't drink sodas anymore. And then I wanted to... big one. Yeah, and I I haven't done that for a long time. And then I just slowly started eliminating things. And I heard something about oatmeal. I love oatmeal for breakfast. I love it. It actually made me... It's like a comfort food. I love it. It's like a hug. It is a comfort food. (laughs) It is. (laughs) I love it. Um, But I had... I had heard that... It's not the best thing in the world to eat a bunch of carbs first thing in the morning because your body will burn that instead of the fat reserves that it already has. So I'm, I'm actually saying this out loud to someone who is in the fitness world to mm-hmm. see if I'm right. But it actually did work because I stopped eating oatmeal in the morning and I would have fruit and or protein instead. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. felt more energized. And after I did it for about six weeks, including, I also wanted to ask you about this intermittent fasting idea. Oh, but okay. after I did it for a while... I saw significant results. I actually lost 14 pounds. And on my frame, that's a lot, you know, because I didn't have... Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's a a lot. lot. It was a lot for me. Um, So I did notice that not putting a lot of carb fuel in my body in the morning was very helpful. So when when do you use the carb fuel then? When does that come in? Well, I don't really... I just started, uh, yeah, yeah. I just started eliminating things, you know, so I don't eat bread or oatmeal anymore. Dairy? Yeah, I still have dairy. Still have dairy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But only a little bit in my coffee. Okay. I don't have it in cereal anymore. I haven't been eating cereal anymore, Mm -hmm. but I still love, I I hate to admit it, but I love toaster waffles. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, the cinnamon ones? Yeah, yeah. My childhood. (laughs) I love toaster waffles. So those my that's my carb thing. And I'll put like like peanut butter on it or something Mm -hmm. like that, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But then uh, I heard about a lot of people talking about intermittent fasting or not eating for 14 to 16 hour spans, like daily. And so I tried that for a while and that also helped. So eliminating some of those things and then not like the last meal of the night, like whether it's even at nine or 10 at night, I don't eat for 14 hours after that meal. Mm -hmm. So I won't eat until lunch or one the next day. And so when I wake up in the morning, the body is telling itself to burn fat reserves instead of burning carbs. Does that make sense? It seems to have worked. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely going to be a good tactic for anyone to use who's been eating something in the morning when they wake up. Mm-hmm. But say someone was not very as consistent as you were with your oatmeal and sometimes they would have an egg sandwich in the morning, sometimes they won't eat until dinner. Intermittent fasting is not really going to work for them. You have to be consistent. Yeah, you have to be consistent first. It's like a science experiment. Keep all the variables the same for some time, then you change one up. So as soon as you do that, your body is going to adapt to the different sort of stress that you're placing on it. So in that way, you are making yourselves more sensitive to glucose by taking away the sugars for a good amount of time. So that when you implement them again, they they uptake the glucose much more efficiently. They utilize it more efficiently. So you're not really storing excess fuel. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does for, make sense. I mean, fasting? except it sounds very sciencey and confusing. I to me. love the human body. <laughs> I am a nerd. <laughs> you're a human body nerd. <laughs> yes, I am. It's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's an interesting machine. Yeah. And people's. It seems as though people's. You know engines run a little differently they do and you kind of have to find it for yourself right yeah and it also depends on what you've been doing the past you know 10 years 10 20 years of your life what have you been doing what have you been eating what positions have you been in you know now we're talking about posture and how you are kind of fixating into a certain posture for the rest of your life just by sitting in a certain way really that has a a that has a huge effect on oh yeah like if you notice yourself leaning to one side, putting most of your weight into the left hip or the right hip, eventually you're going to get out of your neutral alignment and one leg is going to become more compensated than the other. And then you're going to have muscle imbalances, which will lead to injury. And then you're like, how did this happen? I didn't really injure myself. Like it's just a fluke, but no, it's from years and years of not sitting properly or standing properly. Interesting. I would imagine I mean, I know that you're pretty good with practicing yoga on a regular basis. Do mm-hmm. you recommend that for people that, I mean, I, I know that you're, you're a personal trainer. So do you look at people and say, okay, this person's probably putting too much pressure or not standing properly or not sitting properly, or mm-hmm. they're holding themselves in a specific way. Yeah. And, and then, and then you would recommend what yoga or stretching or. Yeah. I mean, just by looking at their body and how they perform certain movements, I can tell, oh, well, they're ankle mobility isn't there their shoulder mobility isn't there they need to open up their hips a little bit more you know um and then from there I'll just say you need to be conscious of your posture in every second you need to constantly remind yourself to you know pull your shoulders back try not to round your shoulders forward lift your chest up try to elongate I feel like you're looking at me and you're judging me right now no (laughs) no but it's like that's the normal thing that we all need to remind ourselves of and yoga, for sure, is is very, very healthy to kind of get your body back to its neutral alignment, but only if it's done very mindfully, actually. Mindfulness is the key there. 
Really? Feeling the body, getting connected to the movement, trying to retrain your brain like, oh, this is neutral. This is what neutral feels like. This is what level hips feel like. And then trying to cement that into your brain, you know, so you can carry that with you and know, oh, I'm standing, you know, in neutral or I'm not, or my position is in neutral or it's not. Wow, I find that fascinating. Uh, I, <laughs> Me I, too. I, yeah, well, I never really applied that to my daily life. I'll, I've done a bunch of plays, and I'm an actor, and I mm-hmm. had to prepare to do certain things. And that reminds me of what one of my favorite acting professors told me early on when I was studying acting. He said, if you want to know what it's like to get into the mind of someone, put your body in that position, mm-hmm. and you will be able to open up parts of your mind, which will allow you to feel what it's like to be that person. Oh, yeah. It's the imagination. Yeah. Well, also, there's something connected with the muscles, you know, and the way that the body, like if you you work in the fields all the time, you're hunched over, you're going to know what it feels like to be that guy. If you're a king or a queen and you hold yourself up all the time, you're going to find out what it's like to be royal. Yeah. Do you ever notice on days where you're just not, you're kind of lower energy or you're sad or something, you actually, you don't look at people in the eyes. Mm. You don't really look up a lot. You might look down more the more so than up and you might have a s- slight hunch forward with your shoulders just kind of caving forward that's you know very significant that says yeah our our mental state is directly correlated to how we hold ourselves in our in our physical being so do you think you can change your mental state by changing your body yes. position oh yeah so walk taller put your shoulders back as soon back. as i walk taller you know and lift my chest up and and peel my shoulders back i feel more confident yeah. Immediately. It could change your whole day. Immediately, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Walk as Just go if. and strut Abbott Kinney <laughs> and you will feel like the king or queen that you are. <laughs> Just go strut. You know, don't look at anyone. Just look straight forward. <laughs> Act as if you own this place. Yeah, no, it's a really good practice. Doesn't cost anything. That's true. Yeah. For self-confidence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you just moved on to Abikini. You're like I officially did. a Venice resident now. I am. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. You got lucky. Maybe the gods just put you I where you're supposed to be. I visualized it. It happened. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And you've been, you've been a trainer at Gold's for some time now. I've been there um, a little over a year. A little over a year now, and it has been such an experience there. Yeah, do you I, like it? Yeah, I mean, when I first moved here, I was actually training at Equinox. Mm-hmm. So I made the transition from the kind of more so spa-like gym. Very nice. Very nice showers and everything. You know, towel service, whatever. Um, to more of a, a grungy, you know, kind of dirty <laughs> gym where people are working out and grunting and taking photos and <laughs> all that stuff. But I love it. I really do. I do, too. I like golds. Um, it's a gym. Yeah, it's People gym. are working there. Yeah, they they go there to move, to move. They go to move weight. <laughs> yeah, and they and do. and work out. That's yeah. what I kind of like about it. It's very it's very Venice, I think. Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it is in Venice, but you see a lot of characters there. People, all walks of life. I was there at six a.m. this morning, and I'm looking around, like, wow, there are just so many people to look at. And then I compare myself to like the people that are around me. How do you and compare? And I'm like, wow, to that's kind of an when, oxymoron. When you, when you look at yourself, do you think, hmm, you know what? I'm think I'm doing pretty good, or do you think, hmm, 
you know what, I need to work on this or that or for my physique. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm always trying to improve in every area of my life. So even I, you know, I think my physique can improve. Yes. However, I'm trying to get to the point where, um, I'm accepting, you know, every step of the way. And that's been the struggle with me. Basically my entire life is body image, which is why I'm so passionate about it. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate of just loving yourself and loving your body and and changing the way that you see your body and the way that you see and, and appreciate exercise. Yeah, did you it's go a through form of some self care? When when you were younger, did you go through that whole like body image thing where oh, you're just yeah. like I hate this and I'll never Ugh. be as good as I all that? Oh yeah, I mean it started really young. Really, like, really young. Yeah, I can't even imagine you know how early it starts for for kids these days. You know, I just, I just feel like it's just getting worse and worse with media. But, you know, there are happy times, too. <laughs> That's a little dark, but it's the truth. It's unfortunate. Well, I, I think it's important to talk about those types of things. You know, yeah. I, I I think it's true for men and women. I mean, especially, yes. you know, people, we see it all the time in fitness world and in entertainment and things like that. Yeah. We're just there's so much vanity out there. Yes. And, and also comparison. Yeah. Like this is the standard, you know, guy with a six pack. There's no such thing. <laughs> what? No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I seem to get into trouble when I compare myself. Ugh. Always, always just leading yourself into the dark that way. Yeah. You cannot compare yourself. We're all so unique. There's no way to even compare each other. There's yeah. no way. Small incremental gains yeah. for myself is is enough. I, yeah. You know, I've been on this sort of new i don't guess it's new but for the past nine years or so maybe eight or nine years i've I've been on this like more of a spiritual journey Mm -hmm. i went through some really tough times tough breakup job changes that type of thing and oftentimes i think that when we are faced with adversity we're forced to make some changes absolutely so i was forced to make some changes and i had to look at things a little bit differently you know question yeah yeah and uh you know i just learned to Try and just do the next the next thing, you know, the next right thing. Mm-hmm. I started changing my diet a little bit. I started praying and meditating a little bit more. Not that I'm a religious person at all, but I just wanted to have a connection with something, you know, yeah. Yeah. something bigger than me. And, um, and, and the meditation, the more I hear, especially from people around in the fitness and on the West side and people that are into so many different like things, uh-huh. but the overall um, message has been mindfulness, yeah. you know? And, and mindfulness being practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being present. I don't Completely like being in the present. moment. I hate it. <laughs> Every I feel like our society is designed to try to leave the moment. You think? In any way that we can. Because we're, we just were programmed to think, 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 think. And for me, I started meditating um, a couple months before moving to California. That changed my life. I think that's what actually sparked everything. Really? After that, I broke up with my boyfriend. Uh, got fired from my job, decided to move to California. Uh, it was crazy just because of that extra bit of mindfulness, but it was all necessary and it was all really good. Like all of those things were really good because I was growing. I was growing out of that current life situation that I was in. I think when I started meditating, life started to conspire for me. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, things just started to... F- fall into place a little bit better yeah and i can tell when i like when i stop or like i get out of the habit mm-hmm. and then Oof. i realize 
You think it's okay for one day or two. You're like, I it. It's fine. No time today. Yeah, but. But. <laughs> does not work out well. There's a tremendous difference. Tremendous. For me anyways. Yeah, I think there is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the world looks a little grayer. Yes, it does. It does. When I don't meditate, you know. I think uh, meditation for me, I just, I get connected to myself. And I find that eternal peace within myself you know no matter what happens throughout my day no matter what this person says or or what thought comes in I just feel strong I feel invincible and I can I can discard a thought you know discard a judgment thought much more easier than I would be able to if I didn't meditate and my mind was just racing 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 trying to find the next problem (laughs) (laughs) it's fascinating that you say that yeah. it's, it's it's a re- reoccurring theme that i hear oftentimes where people like you said we're trained to think and to solve problems and if i don't have any problems to solve i'll try and create some my yes, brain will try to your figure your mind will do that yeah it'll figure out something to worry about mhm mhm like no you you can't be at peace <laughs> yeah and then you kind of begin to lose control that way you think that's how that's how I feel when my mind takes over and I start going down these rabbit holes of thought. Um, I feel like I lose control and I'm slowly getting more and more distant from my core. That's a scary feeling, you know, where when you feel alone, when you feel anxious, when you feel scared. That's when you're, you know, far from you yourself. I see your tattoo on your arm, at yes. least one of them. <laughs> and do you believe what it says? You are perfect. I do. So the um, the original intention of this, I wanted to redefine the word perfect to myself. Um, I started to look at perfect, perfection as an abstract thing. We are all perfect and everything is perfect as it is abstractly, I guess. Like it's not going to be just black and white. Oh, that's perfect. You know, with everything seemingly in order, everything the way that your mind wants it to be, you know, logically. So I got this tattoo so that I could remind myself and others that no matter what, you're perfect. Your design is perfect. Every You have everything working for you right now, working for you, even if it seems like it's not working for you. It is. Yeah. It's conspiring. That's part of, been, part of the spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I've, that have been revealed to me have been that type of concept, which was, you know, we all have everything that we need in every single cell of our body. Yes. You know, we can clone things now. So if you could create an entire living being from one cell, that means that I and you have everything you need in every single cell of your body to be whatever you want to be. Uh, It just might take some time, some rethinking, some reprogramming, whatever it is. And perfection is is an abstract word in, in that I don't think that, Anything is perfect, but everything is. Yeah, right? I, I feel the same way. Like it's, it's, nothing's perfect, I think, the way that a lot of people would define the word. Or, you know, you can't just look at something once and define it as perfect. It's a very, it's a very unique concept, I guess, perfection. I don't think that there's anything perfect. There's only, you know, I've, I've said this a number of times, there's only what I do next. Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to take a positive action towards making my life a little bit better or someone else's life a little bit better yeah. or not? Yeah, that reminds me of something that I read earlier, actually. Um, it resonated with me a lot. 
something like um, we have in every single moment, we have a choice whether to give ourselves power or take it away from ourselves in every moment. Whether you're conscious of it or not, that is something that you choose to give yourself power or take it away. Hmm. So I think that is um, maybe so giving yourself power by just being present, fully conscious, not thinking, deciding to feel overthink or, um, you know, take power away from yourself, like comparing yourself to someone else. That's very degrading. Hmm. You know, that's that's, you know, mean. That's like bullying yourself. Or judging yourself or second guessing, you know, your intuition. That's taking power away from who you are. Yeah. And that just kind of, you know, draws back on the concept of mindfulness. I like that phrase, bullying yourself. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said this to friends of mine. There's a couple of like guys that uh, I mentor. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that just kind of came out of my mouth one day was you kind of have to be your own best friend. Yes. You know, yeah. what, what would your best mm-hmm. friend say to you in this place, in this time for this problem? Yeah. What would you say? If you were the guy giving advice to your best friend, what would you say? Yeah. You'd say, it's going to be okay. Right. You're going to be able to get through this. Everything's right. going to be fine. You're great the way you are. It, I mean, those types of reaffirmations for myself <laughs> reminds me of Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live. You're good enough. You're smart. <laughs> and people love you, right? Uh, but it, I think it's very true. I had to start to realize that I have the power to lift myself up. Yes, we do. We just have to practice it. Yeah, the power is in our hands, not someone else's. Mm. I think that a lot of people look you know, externally for for that just reassurance of, you know, everything is okay. Everything is going to be okay. Everything has always been okay. Sometimes just very difficult for ourselves, for us to kind of take ourself out of our body and kind of develop an outside perspective on bias and say, you know what, this is not the case. You know, you've kind of just been creating your own drama (laughs) and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, that's that whole gratitude thing too, yes. man. And a lot of times I've had to see very extreme examples of the things that we're talking about by people that are going through some really severe times in their lives. You know, there's a friend of mine that had a body surfing accident and Ooh. now he's paralyzed, you know, oh. and he's like one of the most positive people in the world, mm. even though he's in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, you know, and I have another guy that I've known who has, um, who has the Lou Gehrig's disease, you know, the ALS. And uh, he's got a pretty positive outlook. It gets depressed sometimes, but yeah. just to see the way that he now deals with the world with this incredible adversity is wow. very inspiring. Yeah. And it makes me think, how dare I ever be negative about anything? Right? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I find myself in that situation the same. I, uh, I get down on myself for not being grateful of, of what I do have. You yeah. know, we have everything. We do have everything. <laughs> we have everything. Life is so good. <laughs> it really is. It is. It it's absolutely so is. It's so good. It is for us. It is for us. We, I mean, you and I get to live here. Yeah. I mean, if we were just talking about me and you, it's like we have everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what complaints? I mean, come on. Can we really come I up mean, with? I mean, you could, be, you could be living in Saudi Arabia right now or something. Or like yeah. have been raised somewhere completely different. Right? You know, and you could be one of those poor Honduran 
refugees that's marching 3,000 miles trying to get to a better life right now. Yeah, with no chance at all for for traveling, for exploring like we do. Like, we have all of that. Yes. So anybody out there listening, be grateful for God's sake. Yes. (laughs) Wake up and be grateful. Every single day I come up with... uh, a few things that I'm grateful for and I journal them. You do? You know, yep. Morning and evening. Is yeah. That, is that it's like a, kind of your daily practice? Oh, it's my routine. Yeah. I come up with three things that I'm grateful for. I come up with three intentions, three things that would make the day amazing. And that could be as simple as just smile at a few strangers, people that you've never smiled at, you know? Um, and then affirmations. Like I, uh, I am unstoppable or it doesn't even have to be an, an I am, but that really does set the tone for the rest of the day. Wow. Something that I, I wanted to ask you, and when you say that you smile at people, and you also talked a little bit about how difficult it was for you to find like roommates and things and yeah. people with odd intentions. <laughs> um, and I, I, I wanted to ask you this because I, I had other people that I've spoken to that have had kind of strange um, situations happen to them when they moved to Los Angeles. I mean, you're... Pardon me for saying so, but you're a very attractive person, and Thank I'm sure you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm sure that it can be difficult, you know. Um, and it, sometimes it's hard to read people, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you have to learn. You have to learn at some point how to read people, and I think you do because uh, at some point, you know, you might make the wrong decision. Or I mean, you just seem like it's such a kind and open-hearted person. I mean, have yeah. you have you run into some very difficult situations where you were like, "Oh my God!" I mean, maybe I shouldn't have trusted this person as much. I've or- ran into several. Yeah, so I think that um, I do somewhat consider myself a skeptical person, but in a precautionary way. However, on the other side. I can forgive people really easily. Um, Not so much for them, but for me, because I don't want to be holding that resentment. You know, that takes energy. It takes a lot less energy energy just to forgive and go on. Um, But I think going back to the, you know, learning how to read people, I think it's about it. It's an energy thing. And you kind of have to discern, you know, what does it feel like? What does their energy feel like? And you got to start being really aware and make smart decisions. Los Angeles definitely tested me in that way. And I think like having the entertainment business here, that's just a whole other zoo of uh, deception in some ways. You yeah. know, what we you see got on people media. coming at you with like, hey, you should yeah, be in hey, this Yeah, hey, you want to be a model? Yeah. I, can, I can make you a model. Yeah. yeah. And then coming here, wow, there are so many relationships that are based on finance here um wasn't really familiar with that before I came here so that was a completely new concept to me so what do you mean relationships based on finance I mean uh, I have uh, I have a feeling I know what you're talking about yeah basically um agreements or what people like to call them (laughs) those people agreements where you know you're offered a certain amount of money and you're that person's girlfriend partner partner, whatever whatever. serves them in whatever way they want you to um and i think it goes both ways guys and girls i've met you know guys that have sugar mamas yeah yeah it's uh it's very different very different and it kind of um it makes me appreciate home a lot more because you don't have that back home in uh, in good old binghamton new york um it's uh it's kind of scary that lifestyle never kind of, kind of appealed of to you you just wanted to make it on your own no that uh like hurts my soul that's to me that's like selling your soul is by 
you know, offering your own body for money. Yeah. You know, that's... Or to even just be someone's platonic girlfriend or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, that just shows like a candy. huge lack of respect for yourself. How can you expect anyone to really respect you if you don't respect yourself? Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't get into that. <laughs> no. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I used to uh, work the door at a bunch of clubs and I was at a pretty fancy club for a while. And there was a lot of that, you know, yeah. a lot of that yeah. um, where people had arrangements. You know, and there's giant websites out there now that <laughs> put those people together, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it's all about. There are people that are so affluent that they feel like they they want the best of everything. And I, I've seen on both sides where the people that are purchasing those relationships also are damaging their souls. Uh, yeah, because you're also disrespecting yourself by doing that, by buying something like that. Yeah. I mean, no, mo- no amount of money, in my opinion, can really buy love. That's not really a thing. How can you put a dollar amount on, on intimacy and like a real connection? I don't know. There's something superficial. There's, you know, superficial intimate connections, but a real, you know, person to person, soul to soul connection, I don't think can be bought. But maybe. I don't maybe know. You can find it on Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist seems to have it all. Yeah. I'm glad that, that you didn't get into that type of thing. You know, I've... Uh, over the years of my being here, I've seen, you know, actresses and musicians and artists and so many people, men and women, go through exactly what you've described when you come here. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of try to get on our feet and there's so many things coming at us yes. and so many seeming opportunities. And, right. it, it, you know, that's why a lot of people say that Hollywood and Los Angeles is not the most healthy place to be, you know, because there's a lot of pitfalls. But yeah. I, I think that that's true in a lot of bigger cities. Um, but there's also a lot of beauty around here too. Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, I definitely have become familiar with, uh, some of the dark points of Los Angeles, but nowhere that you move is going to be all light, all sunshine. I feel, um, there's always an, an opposite, you know, to every positive, there's a negative. That's just how it is, you know? But I think that the intellects that I've met here, the creative minds, wow feel like I could only meet people like that here. Just some really, really beautiful people. Yeah. Unique. In Venice, particularly yeah. for me, um, it just tends to, people just tend to gravitate here that are like of the highest quality and of the most creative, the most um, connected people yes. are here as well. Conscious, yeah. conscious people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's great. It's good. Let me ask you another uh, question about like being who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you have a pretty decent like social following and you have a lot of like really beautiful content out there. Do you have any, I mean, besides me who actually (laughs) reached out to you on Instagram, (laughs) um, like people that are reaching out to you all the time and then like, or like guys that are trying to like (laughs) say, Hey, are you single? And that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that definitely happens. Really? I don't know. If, I don't know if I would have the nerve to do that. That's so weird. I feel like it's happened less and less as I've kind of crafted my my social media into more of a professional branded sort. However, I want to be able to fully express myself and not just my professional self, you know, because I'm I'm already really wrapped up in the professional side of life that I need an outlet of you know my own playful self expression, just Haley to be goofy. Um, and I think that since I have 
done that and really just not been afraid of, of what to post kind of just, just put myself out there and don't worry about, you know, the judgments of others. I've gained a lot more quality followers and have kind of begun to block and weed out all of the creeps. (laughs) But then there's people that, you know, reach out to me and they're like, wow, your stuff is really inspirational. Um, you know, talking about eating disorder recovery and whatnot and asking me for help or just advice on how to even restructure their mind. Like essentially everything comes back to the mind. And if I can help, you know, I'll respond to people and and their direct messages. If they're reaching out to me and they're finding solstice in my, you know, insight, then yes, I will. I'll try, try to help in every way I can. So for that reason, I'm very thankful for social media, but, um, it definitely has its downfalls. It's yeah. setbacks. Yeah, there's little, there's little pitfalls out there, I'm sure. Yeah, you have to be very careful. you have any really creepy stories from guys of out there? Instagram? <laughs> I mean, I've definitely been like in and around Gold's Gym, and I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, just saw you here, you know, um, kind of stalkerish. But that's really, that's really as, as bad as it has gotten well, that's so far. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned, uh, I don't mind, uh, tell me if this is, you know, out of the realm of what you want to talk about, but you, you mentioned like eat, eating disorder mm-hmm. recovery. Is that part of the, part of what you do now professionally? And it, it sort of alludes to the fact that that's what happened with you when you were younger. Is that, was yes. that something that you went through when you were bodybuilding and stuff for sure no before bodybuilding bodybuilding actually saved my life in a way I have a dumbbell tattoo because I appreciate bodybuilding so much um I was bulimic at age 15 and I struggled with eating disorder habits and mind patterns for several years and it doesn't really go away it's just like being a drug addict you know they're addictive thought patterns and they're these things that you've rooted deep down in your subconscious and you gotta dig them out one by one Um, so yeah, with the people that I coach and that I work with, I'm extremely mindful about what their eating habits are and their mindset towards food. Um, have I labeled myself like a a therapist for, for eating disorder recovery? No, because I don't have the school background to actually put that in writing. However, I would consider myself a very, very good choice for anyone who wants to to kind of understand their thought process a little bit more and kind of feel like they have more of a, I don't like to use the word control, but just more of an understanding of what's going on and and how you actually do have a lot more power than you may think you have. I think it's part of, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's just part of dispelling certain thought patterns. You know, I mean, I mean, I can fall into negative thinking. Of course. Yeah. And it, it seems to snowball mm-hmm. on itself. Yes. If it does. I allow it to continue. Yeah. And it can have more and more power over me mm-hmm. and it starts to change my perception of the world and yes. of myself. Yeah. And then you change and then you scare yourself. You're like, oh, I don't like that version of myself. <laughs> Let's not be that guy, shall yeah, we? No, I don't like who that is. <laughs> can we toss that one? <laughs> so if you are approached by someone who wants to start training. Mm-hmm. Like um, you're, you're a professional trainer, mm-hmm. you work at Gold's, 
probably the mecca of bodybuilding in the world. There's yeah. a lot of people and there's a lot of newer people that have moved into this neighborhood that are looking for places to train and right. work out. And so you're, you're probably getting new clients a lot. And I see you training people out there and mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some of your videos. Um, what's one of the first things that you do? I mean, I've actually gone in for the evaluation. You at have. Gold. I've, oh, had, I've had the evaluation. Cool. I wonder who uh, you had it with. It was uh, a guy that I didn't <laughs> want to train with. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going to mention okay. any names except yeah. it was this guy. No, um, no, he just didn't have the body that I wanted. He's very much a power lifter. You know, he's like oh. one of these guys that's serious. He's like jerking and, you know. I, I, I think it, I know what you're talking Yeah, he was, it was one of those free evaluations and then they try yeah, to sell you the training totally. and the whole thing, you know, and I knew he was going to sell me the training, mm-hmm. but I, it's just not what I wanted my body to look like. And right. I'm sure that that's a big selling point for did people. Did he ask you that? Did he ask you what your well, goals yeah, were? Well, yeah, he did. He asked me what my goals were. And they were pretty simple at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it was all about vanity, really. And uh-huh. I had I had some strength uh, goals that I wanted to do. It was like, I've never been able to bench my own body weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finally there. Like, wow, I finally got... Yeah, I finally That's a got, huge thing. It, it, just never been able to do it. I was always one of those concave concave chest guys, you know? Oh, poor thing. I know. I know, oh. but I've changed that now. I yeah, no, have, you're no, no concavity here. No, no I'm, I'm doing okay. I've actually been able to make some strides. Um, but you. But when you meet a client for the first time, what are some of the first things? If, if somebody's thinking about, hey, I need to go and work out, change my body, mm-hmm. what would be some of the first things you would think about or suggest? Um, well, I first like to get an idea of what their mindset is around exercise. The most common thing that I get from women is I, I'd really like to get toned. Those words get toned come out of every female's mouth. Um, and I think that I've developed this idea of what their idea of get toned is, you know, not, they don't want to build muscle too much. They want to stay kind of, um, in shape and, and just toned up and, you know, see their lines. But Regardless of what the objective is, it's really important for me to know, okay, is this person going to get frustrated if I, if I put them into a, an exercise where they're challenged, they're pushed to their limits a little bit on their proprioception, on their mind-muscle control, um, being able to move one limb at a time and, you know, the opposite limb. A lot of people get frustrated with that because it requires patience, you know, like balance exercises, They require patience. So I like to see if, oh, is this person more of like, they just want to go, 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 boot camp style, or will they be able to go through these assessments with me? So I like to identify first the mindset, then I'll just put them through assessments where I can kind of see what their their body pattern is, you know, their body mechanics, a push, a pull, um, a squat, a more hip dominant movement. After that, it's kind of just creating, creating space in the body, working on the foundation, People don't work on their foundations. They just try to build muscle. Is that core or what is? what do you mean by foundation? So foundation as in your actual anatomical structure, your bones, your bones. Because like we were talking about earlier, your posture after sitting the same way for several, several years. As both of us straighten our backs. Yeah, we're like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Let me just be a good example. <laughs> like they can see me. Um, after sitting a certain way for many, many years, you're going to hold yourself and you're actually going to restructure your entire body. You're going to move the bones in your body, the joints and everything. So we have to create space around your joints, uh, most commonly the hips and the shoulders first. And we have to do mobility exercises. People don't like mobility exercises for some reason because they feel as if they're not working out because they're not like getting really anxious and, and sweating and throwing their bodies around, you know, um, 
So I like to start with the foundation. If you can't just go into building on a foundation that is out of alignment, because then your body is going to look out all out of whack and you're actually not going to see results. Interesting. Not the results you want to see anyways. <laughs> it reminds me of when, you know, back to creating a character. Yeah. It's kind of the same mindset that I had to adopt when I was building someone. Cause I like when I'm building a character, I have to start with a very specific thing. Um, and I try to start with what I would call like a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like a painter, you know? Um, I've always said this to some other friends. If, if you're going to start with a blank canvas, you kind of have to build the canvas first mm-hmm. to build the structure, stretch that canvas across the wood, make sure it's firm. So, so you have to have that before you can even begin. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like the same type of thing the with a fitness. The human body is the same way. You, really? Yeah. There's a foundation to be worked upon, to be built upon. You have to make sure your foundation is in check, you know, check that off first. And then you can go into more of a, the agility training, the strength training. So you know? it, I love this, this foundation idea because Good. we have to be able to begin. Yes. So sometimes it takes work to be able to start. Yes. Yeah. To just get to your base level. Okay. So, <laughs> so okay. Now I'm understanding more what you mean yeah. by foundation and base level. Yeah. So we might even have to put some work in to just get to the point where we can begin to build. to get you back to neutral. I see. Yeah. So that you're not putting stress on one hip or the other, or you're not, your back position isn't uh, out of whack from sitting or doing whatever activity or inactivity for a really long time. Yeah, because I can't have you going into an exercise that requires a certain range of motion if you don't even have that range of motion yet. Right. You know, it's a hard thing to understand. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I think it's because there's a lot of false information out there that makes the human body and exercise and nutrition seem so simple. But I'm sorry, it's really not simple. It's actually pretty complex. However, you can't just go around and, and listen to what everyone else is doing. You have to figure out what you need to do. You know, you have to be the experiment. You have to experiment a little bit. Stick your toe in the water, see how it feels, mm-hmm. stretch this, see where it goes. Yeah, and just notice like what a, you know, just what one yoga class can do for your body. Hmm. It makes a huge difference. Really? Yeah, because that's your quality of muscle tissue. Yeah. People don't really pay attention to the, the quality of their muscle tissue either. What is the What do you mean by quality of your muscle tissue? So if you haven't applied pressure, like mas- like a sports massage, for example, or foam rolling, that's applying pressure, trying to break up all the knotty muscle fibers in your muscles. If you don't do that ever, your muscles are just um, a culmination of knots. How do you expect blood flow to get through there? You know, you're not going to get the results from the resistance training until you've created space for blood to to flow through that area. Mm-hmm. So um, the yoga, the lengthening of your muscles and the the myofascial release, like the foam rolling and the massage, that is actually ensuring your muscle tissue, the quality of your muscle tissue. From there, that's when you try to maybe gain mass or grow more, you know, new muscle by using resistance. So all the different movement that we do, all the different, you know, techniques, they need to be utilized to, together. 
you can't just pick one. You can't just pick yoga. You can't just pick resistance training. You can't just pick jogging. <laughs> you got to do it all. They all are there for a reason. Interesting. Uh, I love sports massages. Yeah. I love massage. Me too. Love it. Um, and I love foam rollers. Mm. Save my life. Um, soft balls, tennis balls rolling yeah. around on the back. It saved, totally saved my life, especially when I started doing long distance and endurance cycling and things like that and long hikes and things. I love that stuff. Mm. But I've also seen the opposite when people don't do that. I have a really good friend who is a long distance runner. He's going to do some ultras, you know, some 150 wow. and hundred miles ones, but he doesn't, wow. he just runs. Mm-hmm. And then he wonders why, you know, he can't move sometimes yeah. like from his waist up. He's got problems, really? you know, and then ankles and things are just not, he's not. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he, and he has a trainer and the trainer has been telling him to do certain things and he doesn't do those things. He just mm-hmm. goes out and runs and then he realizes, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he realizes that he doesn't feel well or his body is in pain in some way because he is not taking care of all the things that you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to understand the human body and, and at least have a a nice base of education for yourself on how the human body works. Yeah. Because uh, you got to base all of your, your health decisions on that, you know? Really? It's the most important thing to be educated on, I think, is the human body. I mean, that's that's our, our job. I don't want... It seems too... too <laughs> yeah, it well, seems too hard. I don't like that. I don't want to deal nutrition, with it. nutrition, like that's our life right there. Yeah. That's our physical life, you know? Why do people, and then understanding the mind is next. Yeah, why do people just put that on the back burner all the time? I think that they're just so focused and so trained that they have to accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. Do, 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 do. Okay, so you're doing really well. How are you being? You know, people don't, don't really focus their attention to how they're being. What do you mean? Like, As what? in, um, what state are you in right now? Are you in a, are you in a relaxed state? Are you breathing short? Are you breathing through your chest? Are you um, putting yourself through things that actually aren't aligned with your heart, your soul? Because that's unhealthy. That's going to create inflammation in the body, the depression, and that's going to co- create more men- more mental and physical illnesses. It's all connected. So we have to take care of all those things, all the yeah, mind, body, Yeah, forget spirit. about like checking off boxes on your to-do list. You know, that, that should actually be last priority after taking care of yourself in every single way, mentally, physically, and spiritually. You, you just said inflammation. I've heard and read more and more that inflammation can be like the number one killer. It causes so many detrimental things in the body, including yeah. cancer Mutations, and yeah. all kinds of different things. Definitely. So any kind of inflammation is something that needs to be avoided. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to avoid because inflammation has so many different causes. Um, just from what you're eating, what you're doing, the lack of rest also will cause inflammation, inflammation, sorry, inflammation, depression, you know, your anxiety thoughts that can cause inflammation. It just, everything trails into the next thing. Hmm. So the, the main focus, the main priority I think, or that I've made in life more so recently is to feel good if you can feel good in every moment and just find that state of peace within yourself and find your body at rest you know release the tension in your neck let your shoulders fall just sit just be in every moment you're doing it right 
Yeah. If you can find that. <laughs> it, ta- it, it takes practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it when I'm there. Oh, yeah. It, so easy to, to get astray, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're just pulled in so many directions. Yeah. And uh, bombarded with so much information mm-hmm. and expectation. Yes. That it, it takes me out of the, the here and now. It does. Yeah. You know, being in this moment is a tough thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. No, but it, for me, it's one of the healthiest places to be. It is. Yeah. It's the best place to be. Yeah. You know, you're, you're untouchable. You're unstoppable, really. Really? And I, th- I think that you recognize your own power when you're fully present. You can feel that you are not only just you, you're the entire universe. Do you believe that? I do, yeah. Because I, I feel so connected to nature. And I'm, I'm very empathetic as well. So with humans, um, I love working with people. I do because I can feel connected to them in a way that is... Not so much, you know, uh, emotionally, but just energetically. You know, you can feel people's energy one way or another. Sometimes it's in our own minds, but <laughs> but I do. I feel like that is the greatest power of all because there is an energy that I've experienced moving through me into another person, you know. Um, and we seemingly, a lot of my friends and I, uh, even if we've, you know, haven't really spent the entire few days together once I talked to them about you know what were you experiencing what was your mental state like they'll tell me like oh well you know I felt a lot of low energy I kind of was reflecting a lot on life these past few days and you know I've come up come up with some you know new revelations and I'll be like hey same literally same exact thing (laughs) just instances like that I feel so connected to the the universal power you know, and I don't like to give it too many names because I think that labeling is pretty degrading itself um, and just puts things in boxes. But ultimately, none of us are really alone. That's that's the conclusion that I come to. We're not really alone because if you are so connected to yourself, you know that this body is not really yours. This is just yours temporarily. You're taking care of it. This is just, you know, a rental. You got to almost look at your body like that sometimes. Um, and everyone, you know, has their own ideas and whatnot. But these are just mine. I get these are it. Mine. I think that I'm going to experience another life after this one. You know, I think that I've experienced many lives. I've, I'm i an old soul. <laughs> so you think that you've, you've reincarnation or that you think that we're just repurposed in some way? I don't even really have all the answers. I just know, you know, these things. I'm not trying to really build a story around it necessarily. Um, I'm not going to confide in, you know, something that I've read on the internet. This is just what I feel, you know, and what I think is is true to me right now. Even when I was growing up, I was raised Christian and, and going to church. It didn't, it didn't really resonate with me. Um, and I hadn't found anything that I could truly get connected to on a soulful level until meditating and finding that silence for like the first time ever. (laughs) We're very, very similar in our outlook and our belief system is very, very similar. It's funny how just from doing this podcast and from, you know, um, the photography work that I do Mm -hmm. and, and working with actors and things like that, the like-minded people just seem to come into my world yeah you know 
And, you know, we, we've talked about our paths have crossed many times. I've seen you many times yeah. in the neighborhood, and it just seems like we seem to travel in the same circles. And sure. now mentally, the way that you described the fact that we are connected mm-hmm. to everything is uh, very much along the same belief system that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it reminds me of something else that somebody had, that I read. They'd written an entire editorial about how the, and it, this goes back to another acting teacher that talked about the fact that if we only use a very small percentage of our consciousness, if we only use a small percentage of our brain, um, that it's possible that, and we're all connected to everything, every human that's ever lived, we're probably connected to mm-hmm. because we've, you know, the ancestry.com founder found out that he had 7 billion relatives, basically. He was basically yeah. connected genetically to everyone else. Yeah. You know, because we've all just kind of spawned from the it same people. Sense. Yeah. We like, had to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so there are parts of us that are connected to everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's ever lived even. Yeah. People that have no longer here. So there might be, it's possible, and I like, I, me, I like to theorize mm-hmm. that there are parts of my brain that when awakened can access the thoughts, feelings, and emotions and experiences of any other human being that's ever lived. Yes. So that we're all the same in ways that we don't even understand. Yeah. There's so much we don't know. Absolutely. About our own existence, about our own species. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, coming to those types of realizations for me have made me feel not so alone. Yes. Yeah. You know, I felt really alone in committed relationships. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like totally alone. Like, me too. You know? And, and I'm I, like, this is not going to yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah. But, but having this type of mindfulness practice, being quiet, knowing that I'm connected to everything has given me a lot of comfort knowing that I'm not alone. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that we're all kind of connected in ways that we don't fully understand to the universe and to everything else. Yeah. I think if if we ever do feel like we are alone, it's our mind creating that illusion for us, which is unfortunate. Hmm. Um, but it's the stories that that we tell ourselves, you know, just in those moments where we're just a little weaker and and don't have the power to fight back and and become fully fully conscious. Um, I think that with the people that we spend the most time with, especially, I definitely experience times where. I feel as if I can tap into this person's thoughts or energy state, even if I'm not with them that moment. Um, And then I'll reach out and I'm right, you know. And then thinking about relatives, like there's a way that I feel around my parents, even if I'm not emotionally close with them, there's a way that I feel about them. And I can kind of, you know, especially when I'm meditating, I can get connected to them in some way. It's very surreal to me. I have that connection with my mother. There's no yeah. question about it. Yeah. I know when so things are powerful. good and I know when things are bad, even though if we don't talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm connected with my mother. That's just yeah. the way it is. And how can you deny that? Like, I how don't can know. anyone deny that? I don't think you can. <laughs> no. Well, it's also experiential, you yeah. know, so it's very personal to me. So you right. couldn't, I, why even try to argue? Because it's my own experience. Right. There's no way you could understand that connection that I have with that person. Right. Exactly. And to think that we all have completely different ideas of reality is also very interesting to me. Because even though we are living in the same world, 
we grew up with different surroundings. We grew up with people telling us different things, you know, kind of engraving those narratives in our being. And now they've just become assumptions. Now we're living this life based on all those narratives. So all of our versions of reality are unique. That itself is extremely interesting to me. I think that, you know, psychology and just like human development is so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I want to learn more. I think that there's so much more to learn in, you know, the power of manifestation and, um, you know, attracting like energy, like you were just discussing kind of how we got together or met. Keep learning. Keep learning. It's fascinating. The more that I peel the onion away, the more that I know that there's more to know. Yes. It's very reassuring. It is. It is. Because it feels like I'm going down the right direction. Yeah, it's a bright light. Yeah. It is a bright light. Mm. And it's nice. Once you get there, you're like, no more worries. No more worries here. I found the light. I'm enlightened. <laughs> and then you just become the crazy one. I did become the crazy one in Buffalo before what do I you moved mean? to California. Because I was meditating and I was doing these like newer world things for mindfulness and spirituality and... I was called crazy. You were called crazy by people in, in your community? Or? Yeah, in my community. Because they didn't understand? Because I, you know, meditated. Because you, <laughs> because you meditated. Literally just because I meditated. Yeah, and you're, I was... You're crazy now. I became more, like, I became enlightened after I started meditating. I guess you could say I became enlightened, whatever. Um, just had a much clearer understanding of the world and my outlook and of myself. So I changed some things up. You know, I was much more positive. I was putting really good energy out there. And people perceive that as being crazy. Hmm. Because <laughs> they can't see out of their own little box. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone, I mean, people will fight what they can't understand. And change is something that humans seem to not like, especially when they see it in another person. Yeah. They'll put it down. Yeah, it's fear. Exile. It's fear. Yeah. I remember fear when, when I first When I first moved to Venice, I had this roommate who grew up here. And mm-hmm. he had been into most of the things that we've been talking about for a long time, and this was a long time ago, and he was into meditation and connection, and he was very into the idea of the great spirit from the Native Americans, mm-hmm. which is the you know the power of all things, and tapping into that power is where answers can really be found from within and from a connection to everything, and that fascinated me. But he also he also described to me some danger in being that awake he's like once you go down that hole it's like how awake do you want to be because you may realize that everything that you believed was wrong yeah like um, everything that you trust that your perception of reality the way that you see the world could mm -hmm. be wrong and that could be very scary. I think that that's why some people don't want to change because they don't yeah. want to believe that they, they don't want to have the, the realization that everything that they are, everything that they might believe might have been wrong. Yeah, because they're comfortable. They're comfortable. And I think that is what you experience when you wake up. I mean, I definitely experienced it. Uh, and I think I'm still experiencing it as I'm becoming more and more awake. And it is a mourning process. You think? It is, yeah. I, I mean, think when that's you, well described. When you gain anything in life, you're going to be mourning something. You're going to be letting go of something. Is it going to be a little painful? Yeah, but it's worth it. You know, there's always an opposite. For every intense pain that you feel, you're going to feel, you know, the the opposite in beauty, in happiness, 
of the same magnitude, just a positive one. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what's what's your goals now these days? What do you want? What do you want to be? What do I want to be? Yeah, besides what you are now, which is a pretty cool, enlightened, healthy, <laughs> personal trainer. I mean, do you have any other like career goals or is there something well, that you're really working um, towards? Actually, more so recently, I started dabbling in, in acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't come here to be an actress, but I got to experience a little bit of it. And I'll tell you what my experience was. I found it so freeing to to play a different character and to put myself out there in that way. Because when you're acting, you can't have any reservations. You can't hold back or it's, you're not going to be good at what you do. <laughs> you know, you have to completely be completely vulnerable to that moment, to that character and let yourself go. And for me, that was such a healthy exercise that I am drawn to it. I want to do it more because I want to experience more moments in my life where I've just completely surrendered and I've it doesn't matter how many people are around me I'm just surrendering to this character to this intention right here beautiful practice so that being said I I think I'm going to um explore more a little bit there experience more acting practices and and see where it goes but I'm at a point in my life where if the opportunity feels right and it's in front of me I'm going to take it and I'm not going to really put too many expectations out there for, for life goals. I mean, I used to say, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be a psychologist. But that's extremely limiting. If you tell yourself that for so many years, you know, and then one day you're like, wait, what if I don't want to do that? What if I want to go into health and fitness? You know, that's you having to turn your back on yourself almost and say, sorry, I know that you said you wanted to do that, but I think I'm going to question you, you know, um, I just like to go with what I'm feeling right now. And I love the human mind. I love working with people. I love expressing myself in movement. I love to move, love to move. Um, And I like getting connected to people and learning about people and myself simultaneously. So if I can experience that in life, perfect in whatever way it comes about. But it's less about the label. It's less about the career choice, you know, as a definition, it's more so about how I'm experiencing it and how I'm feeling it, how it's serving me. Sounds pretty healthy. (laughs) I try to have a healthy mindset on things. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I'm all about, I'm all about health really (laughs) in any way that in any shape or form. But, um, you know, there's a lot of facets of, of health more so than I think people realize. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. You want to know why? Mm -hmm. You want to know why? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because I was right. Yeah. You are very interesting, and I was really happy that you came and talked to me today. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Getting getting to have this opportunity to sit and speak with you has been a real gift. So thank you very much. No, it's a real gift to me to just be able to be here and have real conversation with you and and talk about life. Maybe we'll do it again. Blessing, for sure. Thank you. (laughs) I just want to say thank you once again to Haley Mayo for taking the time to speak with us today. I really enjoyed having her here. And I hope you enjoyed listening. 
You can follow her Instagram at Healing Health Goddess. I highly recommend taking a look at her page. She's got some wonderful, inspirational, and informational things on her page that uh, I think are really valuable. So I would recommend taking a look. And uh, just a reminder, you can follow me and my photography and acting exploits at Ron Stomatic on Instagram and on Facebook at Ron Guerin. And of course, you can follow us here at The Venice Voice on Twitter, Facebook, and of course, Instagram. Tune in again next week when I will have another guest from this little corner of the world called Venice, California. Until then, you have a beautiful week.